Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio, your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary with a fantastic team, right, to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. Uh, you can find me online, social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at primetimeclient, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. It is a wrestling episode. Wrestlesode? Wrestlesode. Uh, either way, we're going to be talking about professional wrestling on the program today. Um, it was a busy week in the world of pro wrestling from a positive standpoint at the start of it, and then a very negative one at the end of it. So we're just going to get into it. Just a bit of bonus wrestling stuff. Want to do more wrestling on this channel. Um, and so that is... That is that. Uh, all right, so let's get into this one here. Let's start with the good, uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, also, we're going to close this show today with uh, today's ticket presented by Betstamp, your one-stop... Oh, no, that's the one-stop commercial residential cleaning company based in Calgary. Uh, that's that, that's Clearwater Cleaning Solutions. We're in their studio right now. Betstamp, download the referral code, uh, download the app, use the referral code couch. There we go. Um, and that will let them know that we sent you there. It really is a great resource. We're going to get into more of that in the specifics by the end of the show. Let's get into Wrestle Kingdom, as it really felt like things were back. Um, they haven't been able to have cheering at these events. Um, that was finally able to, to finally get unlocked. It was a big crowd, the biggest crowd they've had in a very, 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 very long time because of the pandemic and how uh, Japan has kind of treated this one uh, a little bit differently than we have maybe here in North America. So this was, oh, it was just so great. It, it felt like New Japan was a big thing again. And now coming out of the weekend, it or coming out of the, the two days, it feels like they are... Just uh, an absolutely big, big thing here going forward. So, I um, I didn't watch any of the pre-show stuff. Let's get into the main show, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Titles on the line. Uh, Catch-22, which is TJP and Francesco Akira taking on the team of Leo Rush and Yo, or Leo, or Leo, as they're calling themselves. Um, anyway, Catch-22 gets the win at 10:29. Good opener. The junior tag team division, um, since the Young Bucks have left, has kind of just left me wanting a little bit. Like, there, there doesn't really feel like that team that really catches you. Um, admittedly, Catch-22 from uh, the United Empire is kind of getting me there. And I, I think a Leo Rush and Yo team is ki kind of interesting. And I shouldn't say since the Young Bucks. Um, I really liked Sho and Yo. And, um, but certainly since breaking them up, it feels like there hasn't been a lot of direction. Same thing for just the tag team division in general. Like, we have Bishamon now, but, um... Like, Gorillas of Destiny dominated it for so long that that became stale, and I feel like that is starting to get unlocked a little bit now. Um... But it, it does it does kind of feel like the tag team divisions have kind of been floundering in New Japan for a little bit. When that was a strength of theirs for a while. Moving into the next match, Kyrie defends the IWGP Women's Championship against Tom Nakano. The big story of this one is Mercedes Monet comes out. And look, it was not a flawless um, start. The, the the move that uh, that oh that's gonna take some getting used to the move that Mercedes Monet used on Kyrie post match to set up the angle for next month in San Jose did not come across flawlessly by any stretch of the imagination, which has to be incredibly frustrating for 
um, everyone involved, but still, it is a big deal. And I think the first match of uh, Kyrie against Mercedes Monet is going to absolutely tear the house down. And honestly, like, I I hope that main events uh, that if. If I were New Japan, I would main event the show, depending on what else they have there. Like, I'm assuming now, because he is the IWGP United States champion, which we'll get into a second, probably Kenny Omega, um, him against Jeff Cobb. It, tough to not main event with Kenny Omega, but I would look at main eventing Mercedes Monet against Kyrie just to, you know, kind of really solidify not only the women's division, but Mercedes Monet in particular as kind of a, a star in this division. I would imagine she gets the win and the title. Uh, Bishamon taking on FTR for the IWGP Tag Team Championships, um, and Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi do get the win over Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler. I have really liked the pairing of Goto and Yoshihashi. I like that they have a name now, and it's not just Goto and Yoshihashi. Goto Yoshihashi? Um... <laughs> I, I like that they have a name now that they've been pretty strong for about a year, but it's kind of the same thing we just talked about before. There aren't a whole lot of tag teams there. Like I, I wasn't a huge Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. fan, but they've been broken up. Um, maybe uh, the Mighty Don't Kneel. That would be a, a pretty all right one. But then after that, there just isn't a whole lot there right now. Chase Owens and Bad Luck Fale. We all know how I feel about Bad Luck Fale. Like neither of those really get you going all that much. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. defeats Ren Narita by submission to win the inaugural NJPW World Television Championship. This promotion did not need another belt. I hate that this is a thing. I like that Zack Sabre Jr. is getting a thing, and now I love that he is going to be the leader of his own faction as he joins TMDK at the conclusion of this bout. I love that he is getting his own faction now. Um, that is going to be just an incredibly positive thing coming out of the end of Suzuki-gun, which um, wrapped up in at the close of 2022. Renarita is going to be, I think, someone really good. And I think he, he will benefit greatly from there being a ring of honor again, because that was a great spot for guys to go on excursion. Um, and I think Renarita, when he goes on his excursion, it's not going to, I mean, it could be a long one, but it's not going to be too, too long because he is ready for, uh, I think, a next step. And this was a great showcase for him. One of the things I liked about this show, nothing went too, too long. Um, like the, 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 the battle royal for the provisional KOPW 2023 champion went 30 minutes on the, the thing. Um, but aside from that, 10 minutes, five minutes for the women's match, 10 minutes for the, the tag team match here. This one went 10 minutes. Now, Tomatonga taking on Carl Anderson for the never open weight championship. That one goes nine minutes. Everything, nothing went too, too long. The show was paced, I think, perfectly. And then you let the big matches kind of be the big matches. Tomatonga does get the win over Carl Anderson. Um, there was a lot going on with that, obviously, with Carl Anderson joining the WWE in the midst of his championship run. I have been calling for a Tomatonga championship run for a bit now. The never open weight championship is not necessarily what I had in mind. I I hope that he is someone that by next Wrestle Kingdom is built up into kind of a, a big thing. And that was kind of the negative coming into this show for me is Kazuchika Okada against Jay White. Kind of feels like we've been there before. Um, Jay White, he was the IWGP heavyweight champion coming into this one. It never felt like... Um, like it always felt like he was just kind of holding it for the next guy. And that next guy was obviously going to be Okada once he won the, the G1. 
that that didn't feel like yeah this is the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. Um, Kenny Omega against Will Ospreay was going to be fun. You knew the junior ta- uh, the junior heavyweight match was going to be fun. You knew Tama Tonga against Carl Anderson was going to be alright, but there was nothing that was like I cannot miss this. There was nothing that got me to wake up at two in the morning to to watch this show. Great show, watched it after, and really feel positively coming out of this, but I do think what New Japan needs to do, they need to heat a couple of guys up. Like, Okada at the top is going to be great. Him against Shingo is going to be a blast. Um, You can always break glass in case of emergency with Tsuya Naito, although that's a character that I think is begging for uh, some kind of evolution here now. Um, But I think you have something potentially in Tamatanga. I would like to see him kind of get elevated here. Keiji Muro's last match as he teamed with Hiroshi Tanahashi and Shota Yumino to take on Los Ingobernables de Japón with Tetsuya Naito, Sonata, and Bushi. Uh, the veterans featuring Shota Umino get the victory in 920. This There were times where Jim Ross would describe this by comparing it to a bowling shoe. Um, Keiji Muro... It's great that he is getting his flowers. And this was something that I think New Japan did quite well on this particular show. The balance of celebrating the past, obviously, um, the, the recent passing of um, Antonio Inoki, who started New Japan and was such an influential figure in Japanese professional wrestling for the last 50 years. Um, the last match for Akeji Muto, you have Kazuchika Okada winning at the, the top. Like, you, you have kind of the... I don't want to, like, Okada is not in the same guard, uh, or same era, sorry, as Antonio Inoki. But, like, you have kind of these older guys, but there was also, like, that this was a good spotlight for Shota Umino to, to come out. Um, this was a, a great spotlight for guys like Sonata, who was tied with Keiji Muto at one point, and Bushi, and even Tetsuya Naito, getting him in a, a prominent spot, along with Hiroshi Tanahashi. I thought they balanced... The, the nostalgia part of this with the, hey, he, here are the next wave of guys that you need to get excited about. I thought they balanced that really, really well. Um, certainly a lot better than what's gone on with Muto's run with Noah over the last year and a bit where he was their champion at one point. Like, you just watch him tonight, and it, it's, it's just... It's cool that he's doing it. I love that you have... Um, I love that you have the veterans who come in. Like, on the, the pre-show, we didn't get into it, um, but on the pre-show, Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima, and Togi Makabe taking on Tatsumi Fujinami, Minoru Suzuki, and Tiger Mask in the Antonio Inoki Memorial six-man tag team match that went nine minutes long. I love how they use the the legends in that way. Um, instead of like, yeah, you're 45 years old, come on here for 30 minutes and do a, a thing. Just go on out there, wrestle in six mans at the start of the show. We still get to see you, still get to do the music, still get to do the machine gun chops with, with Kojima, um, still get to see music has been altered because of copyright for, for Makabe, uh, still get to see Nagata doing the arm bar and rolling his eyes in the back of his head. Suzuki, we still get to do Kazaninare. Like, you still get to do all of these fun things, but you also let the, the, the stars of today kind of take over. I, I think New Japan balances that quite well. Into what was a very fun match, a four-way match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship with Hiromu Takahashi defeating uh, the former champion Taiji Ishimori along with El Desperado and Master Wado at 16.43. This match was just a ton of fun. I thought this was the time for Wado. Like, Hiromu doesn't need it. Taiji Ishimori, I think, is the best junior heavyweight on the planet, personally, but I think you have the the three best in this match, with Hiromu, Taiji Ishimori, and El Desperado all facing off, and 
I think if you put the belt on Watto, it really kind of like let's that validation is, I think, the last thing missing. I, I think he has had a great last couple of years. The character is dog shit. But the the wrestler himself, I think, is really quite good. I've enjoyed his work the last little bit. And he is another one who I would like to see kind of elevated now in the junior heavyweight division. The IWGP United States Championship was on the line with Kenny Omega taking on Will Ospreay. Omega wins with a one-winged angel at 34-38. Um, I have now started a document to keep track of match of the year and show of the year. At this point in the night, I put this match on for match of the year and even had like a strong like hey this probably won't win but we're gonna put it up here because of the pacing and like we talked about for show of the year for wrestle kingdom 17 i could not have been more impressed with this match it was so good i loved everything about this match and now i think kind of going forward um kenny omega back in new japan is the star that i think is going to kind of galvanize things again and freshen things up again. Like a Kenny Omega against Jay White. Um, again, we're not talking about the freshest matchup because that was something that happened with Omega on his way out. But like this felt like a fresh, uh, fresh, ma- fresh, sorry, fresh matchup. And you see it on New Year's Dash with Omega tagging with Kazuchika Okada. It just felt like you added another star. And that's something that New Japan has been missing. They've tried to create it over the pandemic with Evil. Um, I think a little bit with Show, but not too, too much. That They've tried it with a couple of guys, and it hasn't necessarily worked. Kenny Omega comes in, and every show he is on now feels like a big deal. And look, this felt like a bigger deal than anything he's done in AEW in the last little bit. Like, he comes in with this super serious character. You probably can't do this thing all the time, but I like this a lot more than some of the stuff he was doing where, like, he's obviously just naturally a goofy person, right? But I love this kind of Terminator persona much more than all the weird from North Carolina stuff in in AEW. I much prefer this presentation of Kenny Omega. This felt like a big fucking deal the second he walked out on the stage. I would love to see that more Um, and interested to see now. It looks like coming out of New Year's Dash that it'll be Kenny Omega for the IWGP United States Championship against Jeff Cobb. And in the main event, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship on the line, Kazuchika Okada defeats Jay White at 33 minutes and three seconds uh, to once again claim the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. He won this after night one at uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, This is his second time now holding the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. He's the first two-time winner of this one since they introduced it back at the 49th anniversary show uh, in March of 2021 when they unified the IWGP Heavyweight and IWGP Intercontinental Championships. Um... I think the belt looks stupid, but it's back around the waist of the guy who it's supposed to be. And that is Kazuchika Okada. He is just the biggest star in the company right now. And still one of the best wrestlers on the planet. This match was great. I'm interested to see what they do with Jay White now. Um, And honestly, I don't know how much more they are going to do with Jay White. Because he sets up a match with Hikaleo on New Year's Dash where the loser leaves Japan. And there has been talk for forever that Jay White could be going to World Wrestling Entertainment. Maybe this is the time with Triple H running things there. Maybe maybe now is the time that we get the the switchblade in in WWE. Like that that's kind of one of since they let a bunch of the 
uh, fun NXT guys go down to AEW that uh, that we haven't had a coup from New Japan in a while. So I wonder if that's kind of the direction they're going, because I can't imagine Hikaleo is going anywhere right now, um, given his family ties to, to New Japan. So maybe that this is kind of the end for the, the Jay White era. Always just a little bit underwhelming. And it, it's tough when you're following... Prince Devitt and AJ Styles and Kenny Omega to Jay White. Like, it just, it never really felt like it got all the way there for me. Um, and maybe the pandemic is a problem, but I think the pandemic kind of expanded it a little bit. The Bullet Club stuff is so eye-rolly right now with um, all the the House of Torture stuff going on with Evil and with Show. They've doubled down on Bullet Club when I think they probably should have just let it die. Um, I'll be interested to see what they do with all of this now coming out. But overall, coming out of Wrestle Kingdom and then coming out of um, New Year's Dash, I think that there's a lot of intrigue. And this is the best I felt about New Japan since before the pandemic, where you have Okada, you have Omega, um, you, you have Hiromu in kind of your three big single spots. You have Tonga who you can elevate. You have Zack Sabre Jr. who you can elevate. You have a women's division now that I think can be very good. I hope it doesn't interfere too much with what Stardom is doing because Stardom, I don't think they had the 2022, um, Certainly, they, they didn't have the year compared to 2021, but still a very, very good year for stardom. Um, and like you could see on the, this one here, Kyrie and Tom Nakano didn't exactly get the longest time. They had the second shortest match on the card um, next to the opener, which was a three-minute time limit draw in an exhibition match. So um, hopefully that they don't kind of overshadow stardom and, and kind of take away from that fantastic brand and promotion. But... If you can utilize it properly, you have a great women's division. And it seems like the relationship with AEW is a pretty good one. So there is a, a lot of positives that you can take out of this particular night and th this particular week here for New Japan. And now they're setting something up once again with Pro Wrestling Noah. There was um, uh, a bit of a... Uh, how do you do, I guess, going into the, uh, going into the last night, um, or going, coming out of this one. And so because of that, now we are setting up a, a second night, I guess. And the last time they did a combined show with, uh, New Japan and with Pro Wrestling Noah, it was a lot of six mans and it was a lot of, okay, this isn't exactly what we were looking for. There's a bunch of singles matches scheduled for uh, for this one. And like I, I think right at the top, Keno against Tetsuya Naito. And you have Nakajima taking on Shingo Takagi. Like this is, and I'm getting this all from Wikipedia. So if I'm reading the wrong one, I sincerely apologize. But I, I think things are setting up really well for this to be a very fun and interesting next couple of years here for New Japan. Just going over New York, uh, New Year's Dash very quickly. There wasn't a whole lot, I don't think. Like, um, TMDK coming out of this one as a new promotion. The kind of leftovers from Suzuki-gun still making their own thing. Like, it, it's Taka, um, Taichi... Uh, God, I can't even remember who else it was. But they're going with... We're just four guys or something like that. Like that was, that was a little, uh, I think underwhelming a little bit. Um, so we'll, we'll see where they go with that because that, that didn't seem like a, an overly inspired decision or anything like that. Like it just felt like, well, we don't have, like, we don't want Minoru Suzuki to be tied with these guys anymore, but 
we also um, don't want these guys all splitting apart. So we're just going to have Taka take over the group now. And did you call them just four guys? Like, I'm I'm hoping, well, I'm, I'm assuming that's just kind of filler now for the next big group or the next big leader, I think, to, to maybe come in and take this thing over. But that is the thoughts, uh, anyway, on New Japan Pro Wrestling. That was the good. And then the bad was this week with WWE, as Vince McMahon has come back. It is only, um, according to reports, only in the capacity of him kind of talking things through with new media rights deals and the potential sale of the company. Apparently, um, the Saudi Arabia company that has been involved with Live Golf is wanting to get in on the world wrestling entertainment business. That would be out of the frying pan into the fire when it comes to dealing with really shitty people involved in professional wrestling. It just feels so gross to have Vince back. Like, everything was good, everything was fine, and now he's just, he couldn't stay away, right? And you, you knew that this would be a, like, that this would at least be something that would come up. You would think that they would have the power to stop it. And you can see, like, things from a TV side are well. Things from a brand side right now, people are very excited about the WWE. And now you're going into their best time of year, and from a wrestling fan standpoint, it's, it's conflicting. Because on the one hand, I don't want to support someone who is accused of doing what Vince McMahon has been accused of doing. And the fact that he is coming back to the company in a substantial role, while there's still an internal investigation going on, just gives you the ick. But at the same time, like, I also don't want this gigantic piece of shit to deny me the joy of my favorite time of year. With, like, Royal Rumble leading into WrestleMania, this is the time that wrestling fans, certainly ones out here in North America, but wrestling fans really get excited for, it's the Royal Rumble, and it's the build to Mania. We always have people over for the, the Royal Rumble, and I, I, it feels gross, I think I'm still going to do that, even with Vince involved in the company. It, it just, it goes back to what we talked about earlier this week, where... We love these things, right? We love professional wrestling, love the Ultimate Fighting Championship, love the NFL. The people in charge of it are gross, and we don't want to support them, um, but it feels like we're almost punishing ourselves to not support them. So once again, I will say, um, because I, I'm not really going to be focusing a whole lot on the WWE and their day-to-day, um, -day. the big ones like the Royal Rumble and, the Wrestle and WrestleMania, I love that stuff, and it feels like I'm punishing myself, and I get that that is, like, Privilege 101, that, well, I can just kind of turn a blind eye to it in, in this situation. Um, but it, it is the, the plea I make on these shows a lot when the WWE was just trash because the show was tough to watch, not because the soap opera backstage was tough to follow. There is so much good wrestling out there. Support that. Go out, like, the, here in Calgary, Heath Slater was wrestling over the weekend with RCW. Um, you have Dungeon Wrestling coming out with a big show with Nick Aldis coming to town, I believe. Um, Can-Am has a streaming service going right now. Wild Rose Sports is doing some really fun stuff um, as they're starting to, to kind of grow their brand. Internationally, like A&W, uh, A&W, wow. AEW is awesome. We just talked about how exciting it is for New Japan. MLW is a, an hour of wrestling a week that flies by. You can get AAA on YouTube. There is so much great professional wrestling out there. Show support to the, the, the brands and the companies and the performers that you like. And as much as you can, ignore the stuff that you don't. Uh, that is going to do it for this pro wrestling bonus talk. Now let's get into today's ticket presented by Betstamp. Uh, if you're looking for NFL stuff, that was on Saturday's show. Uh, this airing here early on Sunday. I am taping this on Saturday afternoon. 
Um, so some of these lines may have changed as we go into the Sunday slate. A surprising amount of games on uh, a Sunday afternoon with the National Football League going on. Uh, but now looking at this uh, right off the bat, we have Winnipeg taking on the Vancouver Canucks. The Canucks, I do think, are kind of spiraling, and the Jets are getting everyone back. I like Winnipeg, minus a goal and a half. It's plus 145 at bet 365. We are definitely... I'm going to take advantage of that. The Pittsburgh Penguins taking on the Arizona Coyotes. I think Pittsburgh takes this one by more than um, a goal. So let's go Pittsburgh minus a goal and a half at bet 365 as well. And the Calgary Flames, a game that I will be doing game over for. Uh, they have... Um, I, I do think that they are starting to figure things out. That was a quality performance against a, um, a team that was kind of beaten down. On Friday night, now going into a, a huge road trip for this team against teams that they are battling with for playoff positioning. I think the Flames started off in a big time way. I think they get the dub, and I think they cover minus one and a half against the Blackhawks. So we're going pretty chalky. That one also from Bet Three Sixty Five. Moving on to the NBA portion of things on Sunday. Again, a very busy Sunday in the NBA. Oh. I've Thinking about fading the Raptors, but we're, we're not going to go that far uh, just yet. Brooklyn, three and a half point favorites against Miami has me taking a look, but I just, as soon as I start trusting Brooklyn, they they, they start hurting me um, greatly. So we're going to avoid that one. Nothing on the basketball schedule that's jumping out. And you know what? As gamblers, that is one of the best edges we have is we don't got to bet on everything. So uh, just three games on the ticket for Sunday. All of it from the NHL. All of it from Bet365. We have uh, the Winnipeg Jets to win by a goal and a half over the Canucks. The Pittsburgh Penguins to win by a goal and a half over the Arizona Coyotes. And the Calgary Flames to win by a goal and a half over the Chicago Blackhawks. That all coming from Betstamp. Download the app. Use the referral code COUCH to let them know that we sent you. You see the value of sports, um, uh, for sports gambling, of line shopping, of multiple different sports books. And also, there are a bunch of different experts on here who are selling their picks. Um, so you can go out and and see how they're doing and track how they're doing as well. Uh, all of that is from Betstamp. Download the app, use the referral code COUCH to let them know that we sent you. That's today's ticket. That's today's show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you to Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary with a fantastic team, right? To make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all your cleaning needs, check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. Back with your regularly scheduled programming next week. Talk to you all later. I'm out.